Welcome to Flipping Off, a purpose-driven podcast about flipping houses and making a difference. Um, hey, did you know that my dad and I have a song? Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Sing it. It's called You've Got a Friend. Do you know mm-hmm. that song? You've got a friend. Winter, spring, summer, or fall. All so, you've got to do is call. What's his name? Um, JT. James Taylor. Was that James Taylor? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's when you told me James Taylor came onto my mom. It could be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was pretty funny. Didn't you, didn't you say that happened? Weren't you guys like in Vegas? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, her and, and uh, Linda Culver. Oh, okay. The two of them. We were in. We went in a coffee shop. It was real late, like three in the morning or something, <laughs> or four or whatever. But anyway, um, we went in this coffee shop, and James Sear came in, and and sat down across from us, and uh, either your mom or Linda asked him uh, if uh, have his uh, autograph. Yeah. He says, yeah, if you give me yours <laughs> and your phone number. Yeah. So they said, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it was kind of funny. So you just sat back and was like, eh? Oh, yeah, right. whatever. <laughs> That's so funny. All right, well, so I think, you know, the, the longer I get in, in my... Um, my entrepreneur journey, you know, my, my journey as a business owner, mm-hmm. the more I recognize how much, um, like you, I am and how much I actually learned from you and didn't really know, you know, yeah. um, they say there's this saying about how does it go? Um, kids catch more than they learn or something like they, you know, we catch things. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much about what we say more about what we do. And how we are and who we are and how we show up, I think, as as parents, as adults around our children. And we catch things and we don't really even know we're catching it. And um, so I think now about, you know, as long as uh, my whole life you've been self-employed. You've, mm-hmm. like, as far as, you know, I don't ever remember you working for anybody except for yourself. And you're now 80, 82. Yeah. And so, like, how, I mean, so I'm 51. I'll be 52 here. Um, so at least for the last 50 years, you have been self-employed. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um. No more. It's probably, well, I know it's been at least that. So, yeah. like, how many careers have you had, Dad? Well, or businesses, how about that? Two different types of businesses all together. I've had, you know, 
more than two businesses, but two types. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I was in the hair business for uh, well over 30 years. And, uh, 30 years. And in... Uh, um, RV business over the both of them. That's right. Where did yeah. it start before you got into hair? Like, what was your hustle like? Didn't you, like, did you yeah. have just like regular nine to fives too for a little bit? Well, I had. Uh, well, at one point in time, uh, I worked. Uh, I worked at the Ford dealership painting cars <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was kind of fun. <laughs> when did you, how old were you when you went to barber school? Do you remember? Like how old were you? It was about 20, 21. 20 or 21. Right in there. And then you, um, you and your brother. Well, my brother was already in the barber business. Ah, so is that why you got in it? That's why I went in, and I was, uh, I was going to college, and I wanted to have a part-time job, and cutting hair was a really good part-time job, (laughs) and that was why I went into it to start with, so I could make. make a living, you know. Yeah. And that's what I did. And so then at some point, and that was in Pasadena, right? Your yes. first You were first yeah. working in Pasadena, mm-hmm. right? So you were raised in Riverside, mm-hmm. and then you moved to Pasadena. Yes. And you were working at a barber shop with my Uncle Dan. Right. And... That was actually in Arcadia. Oh, in Arcadia. Okay. Okay. And then, so at some point, you decided to open up your own barber shop. That was actually in Riverside. Yeah. So can you talk about that? Like, did you do that all? Was that just you, or did Uncle Dan was he involved in that, or it was just you, or what gave you the idea? Do you remember? Well, I just I wanted to make a living, and uh, it uh, it made sense to. be my own boss, you know, cutting hair, I thought, yeah, I would work for somebody else doing that. Anyway, I, uh, which work, uh, yeah, I went, I don't even remember how it went. Because <laughs> originally you were in downtown, in downtown Riverside. Well, yeah, um, there was a uh, clothing store downtown, mm-hmm. and uh, well, before that, my brother Dan had opened a shop in uh, Riverside Plaza oh. on Merrill Street. Okay, and there was a a, a restaurant there called. Uh, Hawaiian or something like that. Anyway, he opened up a, a, a barbershop right behind it in an office building. Mm. And we were there for a while. 
and uh, and then uh, my brother uh, went to work for Joe Vitone, uh, selling uh, speed equipment for Volkswagens uh, in uh, in parts for mm -hmm. speed shops, mm -hmm. parts places, and. Uh, and at that time, then uh, I went to I went to work cutting hair in uh, in Newport. That uh, we were living in in Pasadena or in Riverside, but I was cutting hair in uh, in Newport. That. Fashion Island. I did not know that. Yeah. You were like the original Pete, commuter. Uh, Pete Myers. What? He's telling me. She's got to eat the mic. I have you, to talk in the you mic. Have, you do, remember you do it in I the know. studio? I you know, can't know. sit back sit. like yeah, that. Okay. And, okay. Anyway, it, uh, yeah, it was in, uh, at Fashion Island. In Fashion Island. And Pete Myers opened up a shop there. Oh. And uh, and I went to work for Pete at that shop. And then Pete opened up another shop uh, in. Uh, Towns. Well, that's all right. It's interesting to me that at some point, so you were working for somebody cutting hair, and then at some point you decided that you were going to not work for somebody else. You right. were going to open yeah. up and do your own thing. Right. And and so what I remember, and I don't know if this is right, but you were, you were um, one of your first... I don't know if this was your actual first gig, but the probably the one that made you, I'm guessing, is when you opened up the barber shop in the men's clothing store. In the Mark Stevens shop. It was a store called the Mark Stevens shop. And it was a, a men's clothing store, kind of a high end. High end. Yeah, men's clothing Very nice. store. Yeah. I can remember the smell of that shop when I would walk in. It smelled like leather and wool and just you know everything nice yeah it was <laughs> right everything was very high-end yeah and right in the middle of it there was these steps that you'd go up and inside you'd walk up these steps and that's where the barber shop was no that was in the plaza that was the one in the plaza that's yeah, what i right. remember right you don't remember downtown i don't remember downtown i must have been too young okay but downtown was kind of neat and uh because uh, there was no no enclosure or nothing. I made it all uh, and took a bunch of uh, shingles and made a made a enclosure out of the shingles and uh, outside type shingles. You know, inside the shop. Yeah, inside the store. So far ahead of his time. <laughs> <laughs> 
That would be very in now. <laughs> it was pretty neat looking. <laughs> had uh, came in the most people came in the back door, and which came off the alley, mm -hmm. and uh, which was there was a parking lot back there, and uh, for the Mark Stevens shop. Mm -hmm. And come up the uh, from the back door up this long hall into the Mark Stevens shop, and my shop was along the way. I think I remember, like I barely remember. I must have been very young when that was. It was real different looking, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you moved to the Riverside Plaza because the Mark Stevens shop moved to the plaza. Correct. Okay. And so I remember it was a really big deal having that shop. It was, it was really cool. It was up high, right? It was up like up on a yes, stage. Yes, it was. It was like, it, yeah, it was elevated. It was all built, yeah. built for my shop. It was uh, so cool. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, because the guy that the guy that ran the plaza at that time, he uh, I talked to him about it, and, and he had told me he says, "I want you in the Mark Stevens shop." He says, "If you're not going to be in the shop, I don't want the shop in the plaza." Well, I didn't tell that to Stephen Mark because <laughs> Jesus, that would have been a real insult, you know. But that's what Fred told me. He says, no, he says, it's the way I want it. He says, because you're going to be a bigger draw for those guys. He said, they really need your draw. What do you think it was about your draw? What do you think it was about you Just that drew people? Different people, you know. I don't know. Do you think I liked it was all the people. Yeah, it's because you, you know, Dad, you had a really interesting clientele. You did everybody's hair. Yeah, I did. And it was a real barber shop. It was a legit barber shop. In other words, it wasn't a, you know, it was a legit barber shop where he barbered. Oh, yeah. And you had men. And did you have uh, female barbers at that yeah. shop? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine this in was downtown. in downtown. <laughs> I had, uh, uh, yeah, I had a manicurist downtown. Oh. And which was unheard of. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It, uh, when I first opened up in downtown, I used to, uh, tell everybody I was booked. And I actually wasn't. Shit, I didn't have anything going on at first. And I'd be sitting there twirling my thumbs, tell people I couldn't do them because I was too busy. And, but the deal was that I didn't want to appear like I couldn't have enough customers. I wanted to look like I was busy. And it worked. It worked. Scarcity selling at its finest. It was. Yeah. And shit, just, no, I can't do that. Maybe next week. <laughs> you know? And shit, I didn't have money for dinner. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> See what's pumping through our blood? See what's happening through us? 
Now, he never told me that. <laughs> Remember how oh, I told you, there's, yeah. we catch more. We don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Isn't that interesting? That's funny. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, by the time you got into the Riverside Plaza, then you had a real business and you had other barbers. Yeah. Uh, actually, I had, uh, I had a girl and, and a guy at that time. Mm-hmm. Moved into the plaza. It's so funny to think about. Female barber in the 60s. <laughs> oh, the newspaper did a big article about it. Really? Yeah. That's really put us over the top. It was when the newspaper did an article about it. Wow. Just talking about the shop downtown? Correct. Yeah, yeah and about, because uh, it was really unusual. Mm-hmm. You know? To have a female barber. Mm-hmm. No, nobody had there wasn't women that worked in I mean you have to realize I know maybe that's not understandable at this point in time in our lives but when I think when I listen to my dad I realize so much of like my thought process and the way I view the world is the way he's viewed the world mm-hmm. but he didn't tell me this is how you view the world Yeah, he just, he just lived it and so what was racism like then Pop? Mm-hmm. I never really thought about it, truthfully. I mean, it really wasn't a part of my life. Yeah, just you ignored know? it? Just never thought about it. Yeah. I guess ignored it, but... It wasn't relevant not around consciously. you? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. Was it? you think that's just Riverside? I think it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was probably too dumb to really realize what was going on around me. You know, and I just, because I didn't feel it, so why would anybody else, mm. you know, it's kind of what it was, actually. That's just never been a conversation. Yeah. No, it, it wasn't. That was just not something. You know. Hi, this is Christian Rios. As many of you know, I have been a member of New Wealth Advisors Club for over seven years and got started when I was 17 years old with absolutely no real estate experience. One of the biggest lessons I have learned from being in the industry is the need for authentic relationships. If you're looking for an actual team locally in Southern California with all the resources needed to close deals, register for one of our free workshops by visiting www.joinnwac.com. Thanks for listening to the Flippin' Off podcast. So you cut black people's hair back then? Yeah, so. Not worth a shit. I I tell them. (laughs) I tell them starting out, I'm not any good at doing black hair. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm I'm more more than happy to do it. Yeah, but I'm not good at it. Yeah, because it is different. You know, yeah, it totally. is very yeah, different. Yeah, 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 it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. So they either, you know, be okay yeah. with it. Yeah, or not. Yeah. Interesting. What ended up when you moved on from barbering? How? Why did you end up closing the shop? Well, before we before we get to the to that, let me tell you what happened. So, at some point, the Mark Stevens shop did they move, Dad? Is that what happened? They were moving. They sold because they're no longer the Mark Stevens shop, right? It turned no, into they went out of business. They went out of business. Okay, got it. 
So they went out of business, and so you decided you were going to open up your own place, your own building. Right. So, so you decided, you had this brainy idea to buy a house and turn a house, an actual residence, oh, yeah. a three-bedroom, one bath, right? Yeah, was that three a three-bedroom, bedroom, one bath? One bath, yeah, it was. House on McCray Street in Riverside. Yeah. And it was a residential neighborhood. And he got this brainy idea to buy that house and build a barbershop in it. <laughs> it really worked out well. <laughs> it actually did. Yeah. I think now about what... So did you have to get city permits? Oh, or, sure. Did they give you hassle? Or? Oh, sure. I can just yeah. imagine. Because, you know, the whole driveway in the backyard, he poured asphalt for a real driveway, mm -hmm. like in a real parking lot. It was a massive undertaking. Well, there was a detached garage, which I took that out. Demoed it. Yeah. Yeah, I took it out altogether. And, uh, and, and then put asphalt in. And uh, in the backyard, and and that became the parking lot. I know. I, I think about it now in my business, and I think, holy cow! You you built a business in a residential neighborhood, so you had to get a permit, I'm sure, to do business, and then to do to barber. That's an entirely different, right? Yeah. Licensing and permits. Well, even when I was in downtown Riverside. And put the shop in, in the yeah. Oh, in the, the, the original clothing store down there. Uh, that was uh, that was kind of scary because uh, there was I didn't have any permits and uh, <laughs> had um, the city would come and and anyway uh, I had an old family friend. The guy was friend of my brothers and well our family um, named Bill Crouch and Bill was a plumber mm -hmm. over in, in San Bernardino and I always thought Bill's folks were very rich because they owned a uh, furniture store when I was a kid Oh, and um, but Bill was a plumber and I got him to do the plumbing in the shop for me and we did it on uh, uh, on Sundays, and we, and like, poured all, or did all the, um, uh, plumbing on a Sunday morning, real early, and got Bill to come down there, and right at daybreak, we, uh, put the plumbing in, and got the shop all going. And we did that. Yeah. <laughs> to and avoid permits? Yeah, to avoid no, getting any? No permits, no nothing. Something so... And we dug up the alley behind the clothing store on a Sunday morning, you know, oh. and put all the plumbing in. And we couldn't, uh, I couldn't go, I couldn't go above through the walls or anything. So we went up through the ceiling 
of the store and uh, and out the back with the phone for all the um, vents and stuff. It was, it was pretty, pretty long. I can, I can, that's so funny, I can see that now. Well, I can remember, I'm going to guess that we built, do you remember what year it was you built the shop, Dad? Was it like, I'm going to say 77, 76? No. No? It was before that. Oh, it was? Yeah. God. What year was it? Do you remember? The McRae Street shop? Well, McRae Street McRae. was uh, right around 70. Oh. Yeah, right around 19... Maybe 72. Was I that young? Jeez. So I can remember that was my first rehab. <laughs> yeah. We rehabbed that house. We gutted it. We oh, yeah. we did all the work. Family and friends every weekend, that's what we did. Mm -hmm. We did all the work. We gutted it. We did mm -hmm. all the rehab. Uh, and then you ended up owning that that shop and then people started to follow some people started buying houses and they started getting this idea he was the first person to put a commercial business in a residential street and so a few people started doing it true quite a few people did yeah. and uh so uh, you had that shop until let's see i mean that was it was a very successful and that was the rustic razor and the rustic razor was the name of the shop and it was so far, like I look at it now and go, that shop would be very in today. It was, yeah, it, would. it would, it was so far ahead of his time because uh, you had these crazy um, barber chairs that Ooh. were old, they were red felt uh, with like white porcelain, they were so beautiful, and they were, they were probably from the 20s, I'm gonna guess. Yeah. They were from the 1920s. They were just beautiful. And on the arm, they had um, built-in ashtrays. <laughs> so you'd sit in the barber chair like this, and it had an ashtray in the arm. And uh, they used to smoke, you know, as they were getting their hair done. And oh, everybody smoked. Everybody smoked. Dad would be smoking. He'd be have a cigarette hanging out of his mouth as he was cutting hair. And I can remember. Everybody did. Everybody did. Um, he was booked every 15 minutes. And um, we would... I spent a lot of time after school, you know, at the shop, um, and then at some point, I'm going to guess in, like, was it, it was in the late 80s, Dad? Late 80s that you decided you were ready to retire. You were ready to sell the shop, actually. Uh, yeah, about more like mid, mid-80s. Mid 80s, yeah. 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 So he decided he was going to retire. He would work, by the way, six days a week. 12-hour days, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. period. And he was booked every 15 minutes. Long time. For a long time. A lot of years. A lot of years. Yeah. What is your, um, what do you think is your, what do, if you were going to name, like, some of the things you learned about working like that and having that business, what were some, like, if, like, I don't know, what was your favorite thing about that, about owning the Rustic Razor? And, like, at that time, the, the Rustic Razor on McCray Street, what was your favorite thing about that business? Well, the fact that it was all mine. I didn't, you know, mm -hmm. there was no sharing 
uh, with uh, with anybody. And uh, I mean, the people that I had working for me, really, uh, they were all uh, they were as much into it as I was. So in other words, it wasn't like I say it was all mine. It was really ours because we all worked together at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you have booth rentals? Did you rent out booths to them, or how no, did that work? No, I, I did both. Mm-hmm. I did both, and uh, I didn't really much care for booth rentals, but I did some. Interesting. And um, what was the worst part of that <laughs> of that business? What did you hate the most? Being confined all the time, not being able to go anywhere. Oh. Being stuck inside. Oh, interesting. So at some point, you decided you were going to retire, and you were going to start in the RV business. You were going to start in the used RV business, right? Well, yeah, well, Katrina was already in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right, yeah. She was already in it. Yeah. And, uh... And she was uh, working for her dad, and uh, and selling RVs, selling used RVs, and uh, we uh, we had to have. Well, they were taking in trade-ins, and they needed a place to sell them, and so they opened up a a lot and she was working you know weekends and all the time and anyway I didn't like the idea that she was working by herself out in Paris you know mm-hmm. so I started going out there and helping her and that was how that all started so I think what's fascinating to me is that you decided to retire and you decided to sell the shop and so ultimately Probably your your biggest. You made a very good living cutting hair, but you were you were working really really hard to create the living that you did. Oh yeah. And you really made your money in the real estate, didn't you? Well, as far as lump sums. Yeah. 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 That yeah. was like your nest egg. Oh yeah. Was sure. the barber shop? Was the actual shop? Yeah. So it'd be really cool because maybe we can get some pictures of what the shop because it's still a business today. In fact, I think the same people still own it. They do the same ones. The court that, reporters, uh, huh? Yeah. Uh, they still own it. Another business bought it from him. And, uh, it they, looks good. It looks great. I drive by it, and I still see it. Every time I can, I drive by it and look at it. It still looks really great. Uh, but so you, so you sold the shop, really made a lot of your money there, big lump sum. And then you kind of, did you take that and invest it basically in the business, in the RV business? That was the idea? Yeah. Yeah. So now you've had this, running this RV lot where you... Fix and flip motorhomes. Right. <laughs> since yeah. uh, since the eighties, the late eighties, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and and so now you, it's so interesting to me because we've been talking about this. I think it was Andrew said, you know, I just realized, and this was probably you know, maybe ten or eleven years ago. Andrew said, Papa and Grammy do. Uh, the same thing to motorhomes that we do with houses. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I was like, huh, I never even thought of that. That is absolutely true. That's exactly yeah. what you do. Yep. 
And so if I think back now, you know, things that you've taught me about my business, and that is, you know, you make your money on your buy. Mm -hmm. And I think that if I look at you and I go, what is the best thing that you think you brought to the RV business? Do you think it was that, that you knew how to buy them right? And, you know, you built relationships and you built a reputation for yourself in this business. Right. Yeah. Well, it's all, your whole life in business is about relationships. It's all about relationships. And uh, being honest with people mm -hmm. and not, you know, just don't bullshit people. Mm -hmm. Just tell them the truth and it'll work. <laughs> you know? And it's a lot easier telling people the truth than it is trying to build up a bunch of lies. <laughs> I've never been able to do that. <laughs> it's exhausting. It is. Yeah. Way too much time. Yeah. Yeah, so that's totally true. I think that's, you know, I can remember things that you've said to me over the years. You know, when I first started building my business and you would always tell me, take the high road. Mm -hmm. Always take the high road. Right. And never let money stumble you. Right. Well, yeah, you don't start looking at a at a customer as a dollar sign. If you do, you're going to lose. You really will. Better off. Look at, look at their people first, you know. And treat them like people. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny to hear you say that, because how I, you know, clearly that's how I run my life and run my business. And it's, I know it is. I know. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's really true. Yeah. What do you think is your best accomplishment, Dad? Like, personally, like, professionally, like, in your businesses, what do you think is, like, if you were to say, ah, oh, the one thing I'm, not the most, but one thing I'm really, really proud of that I, that I did, what you? would it be? Yeah. No, true. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Best accomplishment. Sitting right there. Yeah. That's not much. That's not bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Love you. Love you too. I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out too. Are we done? <laughs> Well, I'm not. You are not. And this is my hero. This is my hero. Um, my my dad. I call him my daddy still, and he always gets. He looks so cute whenever I call him daddy. Uh, and he's. I think he's always shocked when I call him my hero. But he is my hero. He is um, somebody that I have always 
I could truly look up to, um, especially in um, in life and in business, because he always tells the truth. Always tells the truth. So thankful for that. I'm thankful that. You and I go together. Mm. What do you mean? I mean, telling the truth and in life. Mm. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for you. Yeah, it makes life a lot easier. I'm way more enjoyable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Uh, anyway, Melina Boswell, flipping out. Peace. Bye. <laughs> okay, bye. I'm Melina Boswell, your host of the Flippin' Off podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we'd love for you to subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and tell your friends all about us. You can find more episodes of the Flippin' Off podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you like to listen to awesome podcasts like this. If you like what you've heard, we'd really appreciate it if you'd follow us on Facebook and Instagram and tell us the stories that you'd like to hear. Tim Jackson is our senior producer. Luke Jackson is our editor. Brothers. Josh Maldine is our producer. Sound design by Frequency Factory. Our executive producer is Mind and Mill. This was all created by Dave Boswell for New Wealth Advisors Club.